This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Well, it's a great pleasure to be here as part of this CARTA Symposium. And uh, I look forward to telling you a little bit about pathogenic streptococci, molecular mimicry and its implications for disease and for autoimmunity and ultimately for vaccine design. So in our laboratory, we study the uh, interaction of leading human bacterial pathogens with the innate immune system. And one of our favorite groups of pathogens uh, since our time at UC San Diego has been the streptococci, which are among the most important human pathogens. And I'm gonna introduce you to two members of that genus. First, group A streptococcus. This is a uniquely human pathogen uh, that all of us have no doubt dealt with in our life because each year there are 600 million cases of strep throat and 100 million cases of superficial skin infections known as impetigo in the world annually. And importantly, group A strep also has the capacity to trigger immune-mediated diseases rheumatic heart disease, which is a leading cause of death and disability in the developing world that I'll talk about, and uh, glomerulonephritis, a common cause of acute renal dysfunction. Since the mid-1980s, there have been a huge increase in reports of severe invasive strep infections, and these include necrotizing fasciitis or flesh-eating disease, and toxic shock syndrome. And that's largely due to the dissemination of a single clone of group A strep globally known as the M1T1 clone. And that's the one we work on in our lab. In fact, Jim Henson of the Muppets uh, passed away uh, at a young age because of uh, invasive group A streptococcal infection. Overall, uh, between the acute infections and the autoimmune disease, it's a top 10 cause of mortality and there's no vaccine available. Our other character today will be group B streptococcus. Group B streptococcus is the most common cause of serious bacterial infections in human newborns. And you can get it immediately after birth, early onset disease, or develop it over a few weeks or months and it causes pneumonia, sepsis, and meningitis. Prematurity is a major risk factor for severe disease, and currently all women are screened during pregnancy to identify whether or not they carry group B strep infection, and if so, they receive prophylactic antibiotics. A major virulence factor that I'll focus on today is its polysaccharide surface capsule, uh, which is the target of protective immunity and the basis uh, for vaccines in clinical trials. Now, group B strep is not only seen in humans. Uh, it's also seen in cows, where it can cause mastitis, and in fish, where it can cause meningitis and the classical pop-eye sign. But those strains are quite distantly related from the human species, and the capsule is not felt to be a major virulence factor there. So really, the strains of GBS we're talking about are also human-specific. So I'm gonna bring up the concept uh, as an overarching theme today of molecular mimicry. So what do I mean by that? I'm gonna start with group B streptococcus 
And notice that the polysaccharide capsule, which coats uh, the organism and is so critical for virulence, uh, is always made of different kinds of combinations of sugar residues, and there are nine different serotypes uh, of group A strep based on that. But they always have a terminal sugar known as sialic acid, shown here in the purple diamond. And that's important because sialic acid is a very common sugar on the surface of all of our cells, uh, decorating uh, glycolipids and uh, glycoproteins on our cells. And uh, this is a major area of study of uh, the CARTA co-directors, Ajit Barki and Pascal Gagnon. Uh, our lab uh, has been interested in whether the bacteria may be decorating itself with a human sugar as a sort of wolf in sheep's clothing approach, where it disguises itself and is able to penetrate deeper in the body unrecognized by the immune system and therefore cause some havoc. The way that this mimicry works is that our body recognizes sialic acid as a molecular marker of self. There are a lot of receptors on our uh, white blood cells known as SIGLEX, which generally uh, perform inhibitory signaling. They keep white blood cells off. And that's a way that your white blood cells can move around the body, recognize self, 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 and not cause unwanted inflammation. So by virtue of having all your tissues capped by sialic acid, your white blood cells are kept off uh, at a baseline state. But group B streptococcus, by the mimicry of the host sugar, uh, is able to encounter a white blood cell. Normally, the white blood cell should recognize the pathogen and turn on uh, all sorts of immune response pathways but it's getting mixed signals because the mimicry of the sialic acid allows it to engage these inhibitory receptors and blunt those responses. And in a series of papers over the year, uh, all in collaboration with Ajit and Nisivarki, we have found uh, that this mimicry allows uh, group B streptococcus to turn off different white blood cells that would be important for innate immunity. But I'm going to give our most recent example of that uh, with an immune cell that maybe not everyone is familiar with. Uh, that's the blood platelet. Blood platelets circulate uh, in large abundance. They don't have a nucleus uh, in uh, our bloodstream uh, and are known for their roles in uh, blood clotting. However, blood platelets also are loaded with antimicrobial peptides. And an interesting observation we made is that as opposed to other bacteria like Staphylococcus aureus, group B strep is in, uh, resistant to platelet defense. So for example, here, if you see uh, that you eliminate platelets in the animal with an antibody, they aren't uh, as able to handle uh, an infection with methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. But eliminating platelets has no effect on group B strep defense because group B strep is intrinsically resistant to platelets. Here we see purified human platelets are able to kill MRSA very well, but group B strep just grows in face of these human platelets and also in face of 
antimicrobial peptide releasates collected from activated platelets. So how does group B strep resist platelets? Well, we found that it is related to the sialic acid mimicry because uh, when we uh, did a experiment in which we eliminated the sialic acid from the group B strep by targeted mutagenesis, it was now easily killed by human platelets and human releasate. We could also treat the uh, bacteria with a sialidase to enzymatically remove the sialic acid and sensitized it to platelet killing. We learned, and for the first time in this paper published in PNAS uh, just over a year ago, that platelets express numerous of these SIG-like receptors. And in fact, we found that group B strep was able to bind to platelets through uh, their SIG-like receptors, in particular, uh, this uh, SIG-LAC9. Here we see group B strep binding uh, to the SIGLAC9 on the platelet, and yet when we eliminate the sialic acid or block the sialic acid with the antibody, this binding goes way down. So when group B strep isn't able to engage the platelets, it allows a better platelet killing, paradoxically, because group B strep is using its engagement of the inhibitory receptor to turn the platelet off. Here we see that platelet activation is actually greater in the sialic acid negative mutant. And here you see the sialic acid negative mutant causes all the platelets to release their antimicrobial factors. Here is an unactivated platelet that looks very electron dense. And here is a platelet that has released all its factors. And in fact, that allows it to kill the asialolo version of the streptococcus. So uh, by molecular mimicry, uh, GBS uh, executes a dual-pronged uh, approach to avoid killing uh, by platelets. Uh, the sialic acid uh, resists platelet antimicrobial components uh, like the antimicrobial peptides in the releaseate. And by engaging these uh, inhibitory receptors, it blocks uh, platelet activation and immune response. So now we've extended these findings beyond white blood cells like uh, neutrophils and macrophages to platelets. And so it's a very comprehensive suppression of immunity. And one of the reasons GBS is so dangerous uh, to humans, especially uh, newborns and pregnant women. Group A streptococcus is different than group B strep in that it doesn't have unique bacterial polysaccharides. Rather, it uses a different kind of molecular mimicry by having a capsule that is always uh, composed of the uh, carbohydrate moiety hyaluronic acid, which is a very high molecular weight polysaccharide, uh, millions of Daltons in size, that is a common uh, component of our own connective uh, tissues like our joints are lined with hyaluronic uh, acid. The bacteria, by mimicking the host with a, a host molecule for its capsule, is able to resist uh, neutrophil killing. And to our surprise, 
uh, we discovered that hyaluronic acid is also able to engage SIG-like receptors, which prior to this study were only known to recognize uh, sialic acid. And by recognizing uh, these uh, SIG-like receptors, uh, the group A strep is able to suppress uh, many of the neutrophil killing functions. Uh, in this picture, uh, we show that group A strep suppresses uh, neutrophil activation, but if you prevent its interaction with the inhibitory SIGLEC, you restore uh, that important defense. Another important defense that neutrophils use uh, to capture and kill bacteria is extracellular traps. And here we see in this image uh, that uh, group, B, group A strep is able to suppress uh, neutrophil extracellular traps, yet if you prevent its molecular mimicry-based engagement of the inhibitory SIGLEC, these traps uh, are uh, activated and serve to capture and kill the bacteria. All in all, uh, this impairs killing of the bacteria. So here you see that uh, strep, uh, by virtue of its capsule, is able to um, uh, lead to reduced killing of uh, group A strep by uh, human neutrophils and if we prevent its interaction uh, with uh, the SIGLEC, we restore that. And here in the capsule negative mutant, uh, none of these uh, factors uh, are present as a control. We uh, were able to prove this matters in a real infection uh, by studying a murine SIGLEC E, which is uh, a close homologue of SIGLEC 9. And we found that mice that were a knockout or engineered to lose expression of the inhibitory SIGLEC were better at killing group A strep. Their neutrophils could kill group A strep very efficiently and they were more resistant uh, to infection with the bacteria by being able to avoid this molecular mimicry uh, pathway that turns off their white blood cell function. So in summary, it's really interesting that we have two different strep pathogens. Of course, their names are very close, group A and group B, but they're unique organisms with a lot of differences. Yet both of them have chosen a different type of sugar for group B strep sialic acid, for group A strep hyaluronic acid, and they converge to interact with the very same inhibitory receptor on the surface of white blood cells and platelets, they move right up to the immune cell, grab it by this inhibitory receptor, and turn it off to contribute to disease. So I'm going to transition uh, for the last part uh, to talk about how molecular mimicry, in addition to uh, contributing to direct pathogenesis, can contribute to autoimmune diseases. And I don't have time to go into all the complex mechanisms, but just imagine if a bacteria is made up of molecules that resemble the host, some of the antibodies and T cells that are elicited in response to the infection can then cross-react with the host tissues. Some examples are in Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, a paralytic disease uh, in which uh, there is motor uh, junction uh, dysfunction. The lipopolysaccharide of Campylobacter jejuni 
can elicit cross-reactive antibodies uh, that damage uh, nerve conduction in the patient uh, leading to this syndrome uh, weeks or months after infection. Uh, another uh, hypothesis is that chlamydia pneumoniae uh, produces um, heat shock proteins, which lead to cross-reactive antibodies uh, that contribute to the inflammation in plaques of atherosclerosis and coronary artery disease. But the disease I'm going to talk about is related to strep, and it is rheumatic heart disease. Uh, there are uh, more than 15 million people estimated to be suffering currently of rheumatic heart disease and nearly 300,000 new cases and 300,000 deaths per year globally. Really in the many parts of the developing world, it's the leading cause of acquired uh, heart disease and it especially devastating in pregnant women who might have uh, rheumatic fever after having several episodes of uh, untreated strep throat. Uh, and then when they get hyperdynamic uh, with the increased circulation required from pregnancy can throw themselves into heart failure. A very interesting aspect of um, uh, the autoimmunity of rheumatic fever is a neurologic disorder where the basal ganglia are attacked by cross-reactive antibodies. And this is known as Sydenham's chorea after the 16th century British uh, physician Thomas Sydenham described uh, this unusual convulsive and uh, movement disorder in patients uh, following febrile illnesses, which we now know were strep. And here is a video uh, of a girl with uh, the abnormal movements of uh, uh, Sydenham's chorea. Often after uh, uh, several weeks or months uh, in which uh, agitation and obsessive compulsive behavior can also be symptoms, uh, this resolves in the majority of patients. So it would be great to prevent all these diseases of group A strep uh, to develop a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for group A strep. And one of the reasons is that the capsule, uh, which is used as a basis of vaccine for group uh, B strep and pneumococcus is hyaluronic acid, non-immunogenic. There's also more than 150 different serotypes based on the most abundant protein on the surface. But the main reason is that we worry about triggering autoimmunity. If you can get glomerulonephritis or rheumatic heart disease uh, after vaccination, uh, then it would be uh, potentially dangerous uh, to give to the whole public. And in some of the early trials of protein-based strep vaccines, patients developed rheumatic fever and the FDA made the unusual step of blocking research. Uh, for more than 30 years uh, and only reinstating it uh, with emphasizing caution for this disorder. So the antigen that we've been interested in as a candidate uh, for uh, a group A strep vaccine is the group A carbohydrate. It is the most abundant component of the bacterial cell wall and it's a polysaccharide made up of a polyramnose backbone with a single sugar known as glucnac uh, emerging uh, from every other rhamnose. And it is actually the antigen that is tested for when you go to the doctor 
uh, to determine whether or not you have strep throat. And it's very interesting uh, because this polyramnose, ramnose is not known uh, in mammals, so that would be a unique bacterial antigen. Unfortunately, glucnac is a very common mammalian sugar, and uh, this structure uh, has been implicated in the pathogenesis of rheumatic fever. Could group A strep uh, represent a universal vaccine antigen? Well, uh, it seems that the titers rise during natural infection, uh, corresponding to when uh, the immunity uh, develops uh, as you move through childhood. And also experimental vaccination has seemed very promising uh, in animal models. But there could be a fatal flaw with this approach, and that is that the glucnac sugar on the carbohydrate, which resembles mammalian sugars, is uh, very uh, similar to epitopes on your heart valve tissue. And multiple lines of experiments uh, published over the years uh, suggest that it could be the critical autoantigen, both in this and in the Sydenham's chorea uh, neurological disease. So how do we get around this? Well, uh, in 2014 in our laboratory with uh, a postdoctoral scholars, Nina Van Sorha and Jason Cole, we came across uh, the encoding operon that builds this polysaccharide. And with this genetic information for the first time, we were able to knock out the glucnac from uh, the carbohydrate, uh, creating uh, a version of the strep that grew normally, yet was negative on the strep test. Here you see, working with Biswa in the UCSD glycobiology core, uh, that the glucnac is completely absent in our mutant. So basically, it just has the polyramnose. Remember, this is a unique bacterial antigen, very unlikely to cause cross-reactivity. It turns out that having that side chain uh, that mimics uh, the mammalian sugar is very important for virulence. We found out that it resists uh, antimicrobial peptide, complement, and neutrophil killing. And here you see how important uh, it is in uh, both mouse and uh, rabbit infections. Uh, the mutant has dramatically reduced virulence. This mutant is ubiquitous uh, in 520 different group A strep genomes that we analyzed. It's part of the core genome. It basically is the species-defining antigen and seems to be important for virulence in all the strains that we test. Interestingly, when we eliminated uh, the carbohydrate side chain, we no longer saw cross-reactivity with these antibodies that were designed from the patients with rheumatic fever. Yet, this modified antigen, having only the polyramnose, still elicited very high titers of antibodies that were able to recognize the parent antigen. And in fact, these antibodies could bind to the surface of all the different types of group uh, A streptococcus and uh, stimulate opsonophagocytic killing of uh, these uh, bacteria uh, by human neutrophils and by human blood. And based on this promising data of a new approach to a safe universal vaccine, 
we got a large uh, grant from CARBEX, which is a public-private partnership of uh, the U.S. and British governments, the BARDA, uh, the Gates Foundation, and the Wellcome Trust, and have been developing conjugate combination vaccines that uh, use the modified polysaccharide lacking the cross-reactive antigen, and they seem to be very protective in uh, vaccination models, and we're hoping to move this toward uh, potential clinical trials in the upcoming years. So very interesting that we have uh, carbohydrate makes up the majority of the cell wall. Uh, by discovering the genetic basis, we could create mutants that lack the side chain, demonstrate its role in virulence uh, in animals, and also create a novel vaccine antigen for which we can raise anisera that protect against group uh, A streptococcal infection. So I'll stop there. Uh, I want to thank uh, many graduate students and postdoctoral scholars in the lab, uh, including one of our featured speakers today, who was at the very outset uh, of this research, Mandy Lewis, uh, between uh, the Varki and Nise labs, and um, the team hyaluronic acid, who began to observe uh, this other uh, molecular mimicry and novel interactions with Siglex. So I'll stop there and be happy to uh, answer questions from the audience uh, and the other panelists. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.